Hello, I'm Pastor Paul, an associate pastor at Living Word, and this is our podcast. I want to say thank you for joining us today. I know this message will minister to your spirit and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the Word. Enjoy today's message. Well, tonight, I want to continue talking about what we started last week, but we're all sitting here now saying, all right, Lord, we're, we're ready, right? We've, we've reprioritized. We've emptied out things that didn't need to be there. And he said, I would like to fill you with my joy. But sometimes in this world, sometimes in our life, we get held up on wrong things. Now, in Romans 14, 17, where we started last week, it says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, which that word actually means Holy Spirit. Same thing, the, word, the, the, the Greek word there. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Now, what was going on here in the New Testament is they were getting hung up on who eats what and who drinks what, right? How many of you are foodies? Boy, you just like your food, right? I don't know what it is. But when you say a certain Midwest pizza chain, prim- primarily Monocles, and, and if you live in Gibson City, you're like, Gibson City is the best Monocles out there. There is no other Monocles better than Gibson City, right? But then you talk to the Paxtonites, and they're like, excuse me, the Paxton Monocles beats Gibson hands down, right? And then the Gilman people are like, y'all don't even compare to what we got going on. I don't know what it is about Monocles, but every town likes their Monocles the best, and I'm like, it's the same recipe. It's the same ingredients, right? It might be a different pizza oven. Maybe it's the pizza ovens. We figured it out. They have different pizza ovens. Just, but they just love their monocles, right? Well, what was going on in the New Testament and all these people were saying, well, you, can, you can't be saved and eat this, or you can't serve God and eat that, right? It's kind of like us saying, well, you, there's no, the, only, the only way to eat pizza at Living Word Church is, is give some monocles, I'm sorry, but if you're a living with church and eating Gilman monocles, then you're just not saved. I mean, it seems kind of silly when we're talking, but they were really hung up on some stuff and it was really messing them up. And, and, and he said here, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Say it with me. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. They were getting consumed with things that were whole, that, that, the wrong things. They were focused on all the wrong things. He said, instead of focusing on what people are eating and drinking, we should be consumed with righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what we should be talking about. We shouldn't be talking about which monocles is better. We should be talking about where there's more joy. Boy, have you hung out at the Planet House. They sure know how to have fun. Man, there's joy in that place. You got to go hang out over there, right? Talking about spiritual things. Spiritual things. We need to focus on kingdom things. That's where our life starts to get out of order is we quit focusing on the right things. Kingdom things are spiritual things, but we have to focus on kingdom things. Now, we have a food pantry, right? Have you ever been back there? It's pretty amazing. Big walk-in freezer, right? You get that door shut. It's cold in there. Cold. Cold in there. That is a well-working freezer, right? And we have all this food that comes out of there, and we have tons and tons of families. I don't even know the number. It used to be 40, 50 families that come through, if not more now. But we give them food from the food pantry because they need food in their house, right? 
But is that all we give them? See, if you've ever served in the food pantry, you know there's a ministry day to where we are giving them not only food, but we are teaching them spiritual principles to change their life, to not leave them where they are, right? See, the church gets hung up on sometimes the, the wrong things, right? I know this might shock some people, and we're going we're gonna to kick some sacred cows tonight and hear a moo as they fall over. But you do realize that Jesus... I know this is hard to take. Jesus is not a Republican. Do you know that? Jesus isn't a Democrat either. Jesus isn't even American. I know. But but by listening to some Christians talk, you'd think by as much as they talked about it that Jesus was a Republican. You'd think by as much as a focus and a priority it was in their life that it was a kingdom principle. Because it's all they talk about. It's all they talk about. Because they're focusing on the wrong things. They're focusing on the wrong things. See, one day there will only be one kingdom, and that's the kingdom of God. Because it's the kingdom that will last forever and will reign over all other kingdoms. It is the only kingdom. Now, I'm not saying don't pray for your country. The Bible says pray for your country. I'm not saying don't pray for your president. The Bible says pray for your president and pray for all those that are in authority. I'm saying, though, we need to focus on kingdom things, and kingdom things are spiritual things. Okay? Now, is it worth it talking about God's righteousness? Is it worth it for you to spend time promoting and talking about God's peace and how it's affected your life? Is it worth it for you to get so full of joy that people wonder what is wrong with you? What is coming out of your life? What is being produced out of your life? What are the words coming out of your mouth? How do people identify you? What are you producing? Are you focused on kingdom things, spiritual things? See, you can't can't walk in victories and trials. Have you ever met that person? Where the, the molehill is always a mountain. There's always a problem. When something's going wrong, the world is falling apart. Right? And they see chaos and trials and problems in every situation, no matter what. We're all going to die. Have you ever met that person? Or have you met the exact opposite? To where they're so full of God, it doesn't matter what goes on. Man, they're just, they are a well-oiled machine. They are just walking with God. And all of a sudden, the world falls apart. And they said, it's all right because my God provides all my needs according to his riches and glory. And it doesn't even seem to phase them. It doesn't even seem to slow them down because they are focused on the right thing. They're focused on the right thing. I remember one time, I, I remember one time we were in Champaign. And we like to get gas at Sam's, right? You watch the price of gas, especially nowadays because the price of gas is slowly climbing up, right? I have that app on my phone, Gas Buddy. And you get on there, and you can do a search radius. I can compare gas prices from Champaign to Gibson City. tells me all the different gas prices around. Because sometimes it's more beneficial to fill up in Gibson because you kind of get Champagne. It's actually more expensive. Sometimes it's cheaper in Champaign, but it's never the same. They just want to keep you guessing, right? Sometimes it's worth swinging through Farmer City on your way to Champagne. For some reason, Huck's wants to run the cheapest gas price by 20 cents of anywhere in central Illinois. Why? I don't know, but that's just the way it is. So you watch out for gas prices, right? But for the most part, we fill up at Sam's. 
Being a member of Sam's, you get a cheaper gas price. And no, I'm not plugging Sam's. We're not promoting Sam's. And I'm just telling you, it's a cheap price of gas. One, one time I filled up at Sam's, and all of a sudden the minivan, which, gosh, bless this minivan. We have prayed and laid hands on it so many times. We brought it back from the dead. I feel like we should name it Lazarus. It's been a great little minivan, and it will last as long as we need it to last. And it is a blessing. And I have no payments. It's paid for. Right? Those sometimes that's better than payments. But this minivan is just, you know, it's come back to life, but it started running bad. Right? And anytime anything goes on with the minivan where it starts running bad, we're thinking to ourselves, oh, is it time? <laughs> is it time to finally retire Lazarus? Send him be home with Jesus? <laughs> right? <laughs> How many times does Lazarus want to come out of the grave where he's looking at you saying, just let me die? <laughs> right? But I mean, it's running rough. And we were hanging out with some friends of ours, and he said, we were, we were talking, and he goes, he goes, my truck's doing the same thing. And we started comparing notes, realizing we both got gas at Sam's. And we thought, they must have got a bad load of gas that came in there because, man, it was running rough, right? So by that time, we'd driven it enough. We were down under half tank. We went out to FS, which has the 89 octane, a little bit higher. We topped it off, kind of blended it all together, and within a few hundred miles, started running fine again. I thought, okay, Lazarus lives. We are going to keep driving this van. But we realized that something we put into our van caused problems, and we were ready to scrap the whole thing. Romans 15, 12. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. How many know we have hope in him? And all the Gentiles say, Amen. Amen. Now, verse 13. Now, may the God of hope, which can also be explained, uh, confident expectation. Sounds a lot like faith, doesn't it? The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I want to fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. So how we choose to view life is up to us. You can be the negative Nancy and always see the negative side of things. Or you can choose to be the positive Peter and find glory in God and thankfulness in every one of life's situations and trials. Why do you think he said you should be thankful in trials because the working of your faith produces patience, right? He said, you should rejoice in these things. He said, you should rejoice in these things. So here's my question for you. As you're going through life, right? What's in your tank? What's in your, how many have ever driven a car with a broken gas gauge, right? And you're thinking, all right, I'm doing the math and I filled it full. I know this car can go right around 350 to 380 miles. And I am sitting at right 360 miles. We're getting kind of close. I better stop and fill it up, right? But I'm about 10 miles from Gibson, so I'm going to go ahead and push it. <laughs> right? You've driven one of those cars where you're like, I'm not really sure how much gas is left in the tank. We're just praying and thanking Jesus that we make it to where we're supposed to go. But you have no idea what's in there. How many Christians run through life that way? Having no idea what's in their tank, but still trying to produce what God calls them to do. And what happens? What happens? If they had the wrong thing in their tank, they end up along the roadside of despair, wondering why God failed them. It's usually where they start. 
our gauges of joy and peace in our life, those are our, those are our fuel tanks to our spiritual walk. What are you full of? Are you full of joy? Are you full of peace? Are you full of righteousness? Are you watching those meters on your car as you're driving along? Or did you put something else in and all of a sudden your well-tuned minivan starts spitting and sputtering? And then you're wondering, why isn't it running like it's supposed to? Well, what are you putting in your tank? What's your joy meter set at? What's your peace meter say? What's your righteousness meter at? It's time to start checking the gauges and see what's going on here, right? I mean, have you got one of those cars now, it's all it's got lights. You got a gas gauge, a temperature gauge, and lights. And they call them dummy lights for a reason. Because if the light came on, well, then you're the dummy that did something wrong. <laughs> and you got to go get it fixed, right? Back when I was driving a semi, we had dash of gauges. I mean, I had, a, I had an axle gauge that tells you the temperature going on the axle. I mean, there's every known gauge to man out there spread across the, the front of this semi, right? Spread across the front of the semi. And it will tell you every little thing that's going on. See, your spiritual life is that way too. But some of us have lights that come on in, instead of full-on gauges. And he's saying it's time to upgrade and start paying more attention to what's in our joy tank, what's in our peace tank, what's in our righteousness tank. Now... We need to choose joy. We need to choose joy. Do you know that it's visibly noticeable when you have joy? When you have peace in your life? You have joy. and If you are just full and bubbling over with the joy of the Lord, and you're just walking along and you got peace, that is, the, that is the best way you can witness to anyone. And people are filling their life with junk and garbage and focusing on the wrong things, and their car is spitting and sputtering, and then they come up and they're like, hey, don't you want to drive a minivan like this? Most people are like, uh-uh. Why would I want to live my life like that? If that's what a Christian looks like, no, sorry, thank you. Right? But unfortunately, we live in a generation of chronically fatigued people to where they just push and push and push. They don't sleep. They don't eat. They don't rest. They don't fill themselves with joy. They have no peace. They just drive, 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 and they are constantly worn out all the time. I work with people like that. What happens when your joy meter hits empty? What happens when your peace meter hits empty? Your personality changes. What happens when your food meter gets empty? You know, there's an actual word for that. They call it hangry, right? You're getting a little hangry. You need a Snickers bar. Change your personality. There's commercials all out there about it, right? I should start looking at people saying, you need a joy bar because you're getting a little grumpy. You need a peace bar because you're getting worked up about nothing. Right? But we don't watch our gauges. We don't know what's going into our life. We don't take the time to stop and get full of his joy. He said here, may the God of hope fill you. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you full. How many would rather run on a full tank? See, there's those two kinds of people, right? There's the kind of person that put 20 bucks in because the light's on and it's almost empty, right? And there's the kind of person that would reach half tank, the top back off again. Seems to be the two kind of people that, you know, run cars in their life. But how many know it's better? I remember those times when I put $10 in my car because that's the only $10 I had. That's it. I could put $10 gas in the car, and I hoped it did everything we needed to get done for the week, and it miraculously did. 
right? But how much better is it just to say, I'm going to stop at the gas station and put a full tank in. I don't have to think about it. How much better is that? He says, I want you full. Quit stopping all day long to add $10 worth of gas into your tank when you should be full of joy, full of peace full of righteousness. He said, I want you full. There's more than enough. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of righteousness and peace and joy. And he does not want you to go without. He doesn't want you running around. You know, eventually that hurts your fuel tank. There's junk on the bottom of your fuel tank. And you start running it empty too many times and it messes up your engine. Your life is the same way. If you run out of peace and joy and thankfulness too many times, it will start to destroy your spiritual walk. And you will begin to not be able to get full again. But unfortunately, we live in a generation of people that want to push it, and they're just chronically fatigued and depressed and wondering why their life is falling apart. People that don't sleep. It's because when you lose your joy, you get impatient, you snap. You don't walk in love. You get angry and choose to sin, right, instead of getting angry and sin not. I heard that one from Keith Moore the other day. I thought that was really good. You say things that you shouldn't say. And what is the number one thing that the devil wants? See, when your joy is depleted, when your peace is depleted, when you question your righteousness, it destroys your witness. It destroys your witness because it changes who you are and people look at you and they're affected by that. He is more concerned with destroying your witness than anything else. He wants to prevent you from, to, from producing the kingdom of God. Because God said, pray, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? If God's will was being done right now, he wouldn't have told us to pray for it. He said, pray, my kingdom come, my will be done. Now, if you want your love tank to be full, you have to choose to put yourself in the right environment. How many of you know a really good mechanic? Now, one of my really good mechanics retired Luckily, he's still kind of tinkering around the farm, and I can call him up if I need to because I know the price on just about any repair is $10,000. That's what Randy always says. No matter what you ask him to do, the price is always $10,000. Ha, ha, ha. That's just a Randy joke, right? But my mechanic retired. What happened when my mechanic retired? I panicked. You know how hard it is to find a good mechanic that's not going to charge you all kinds of stuff and tell you everything's broken? We've been fixing this minivan for years. (laughs) I need a good mechanic, Right? And you want somebody that you can trust. Because when you're taking in something that's broken, you want somebody that you can trust because your family rides in this very vehicle. Your family's lives make, it depends on it getting to church and back. I remember rounding Melvin. My boys were with me. We were in the minivan and some animal, I still don't know what it was, this animal come running across. We had that first curve in Melvin. Animal comes running across, cocoon underneath the car, and all of a sudden I'm driving a dragster. And my minivan is not a drag racing car, but it sure did sound like it, didn't it? I mean, tell me what, it was so loud. It's louder than Aiden's truck is now. That's how loud it was. Loud. And I'm panicking, thinking, oh my gosh, Lazarus is dead. (laughs) I never thought to call it Lazarus. I don't know if that's prophetic or not. We're just going to go with it. But I'm thinking to myself, oh, it sounds horrible. So I call up Chad because Chad is just a couple miles outside town. I said, Chad, I'm going to bring this out here. You tell me what's wrong. Well, it busted the muffler up. He said, you're safe to drive it. It sounds really bad, but it's this catalytic converter. So he would take it to the muffler shop and another repair bill for the minivan. Right? But when you're taking it somewhere, you're thinking, I don't need somebody to fix beyond what needs to be fixed. You know, she's an old minivan. 
He's got a lot of miles. I just want to get it back on the road and get to church. That's what I want. But you need somebody that you can trust. Because have you been to one of those mechanics where all of a sudden, you know, long list of things. We had a problem with the local mechanic through the hospital. I won't say any names because I'm not trying to make anybody look bad, but we get an oil change, right? You 100 miles down the road, the engine blows up. That's when we discovered that after they changed oil, they didn't put the little screw in the bottom, and the fresh oil they put in just went right out the bottom, and the engine exploded, right? Because if you get a bad mechanic, it can cause some serious problems in your life, and it can cause some lasting damage and end up having to replace your car. So what happened? Who's your spiritual mechanic? So you need to put yourself in an environment and an atmosphere of spiritual growth of people that choose to fill you with joy and peace, not people that are going to take from you instead of pour into you. See, there's a reason I come to Living Word Church. I trust the mechanic here. There's sometimes a mechanic hits me with some things and I'm going, ha Okay, I can work on that, Right? But I, I take that because I know that, the, that, that they care about me, that there's love there because they've poured love into my life. They've poured joy into my life. They've poured peace into my life. And so when a little bit of correction needs to come out, it's a lot easier to take. When a little bit of adjustments and repairs need to come out, it's a lot easier to take. There's a reason the Bible says in in Hebrews 10.24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. There's a reason he said come to church. There's a reason he said come to church. You know, for a long time, I didn't have dental insurance. And I'm not really a fan of the dentist. Shocker. I don't know anybody out there that loves the... You know, I'm not really sure anybody out there will have to edit that out, the recordings. Oh, my gosh, what is going on back there? Right? I don't know anybody that enjoys that. Right? But when you're 20 and 10 foot tall and bulletproof and think it's fine, I can go three years without going to a dentist. Right? And then you all of a sudden have insurance and you go to the dentist and they're like, you got problems, dude. Right? We might think we can make it without church, but let me tell you what, you can't. You can't. We're not created that way. God didn't make us that way. We need to come here. And it's a whole lot better than the dentist. Come on now. It's time to get tuned up every week, to get filled up, to get inspired, to get instructed, to get reproved and corrected because we need those things. We need those things. That's that's biblical way of doing it, right? And I, and I joke with Pastor, but there's been times where he's like, oh, this is going to be a hard message. And I'm thinking, I look at Tiffany and said, yeah, he's stepping on our toes, but he's got fluffy slippers on. Because I know Pastor brings those strong words out, but it's, it's with such love and compassion that you're like, it doesn't hurt very much. Because it's through a heart of compassion, through a heart of caring, through a heart of love. See, that's why it's so much more. See, if, if going to the dentist was that easy, then everybody would go. Because God created it to be the the church to be a place to where, yes, there's things being fixed, but when it's done right, it doesn't hurt. It It can be repaired through someone just coming up and saying, I just love you and I just want to pour into your life and I want to exhort you and tell you that God's, and things will start to repair in your life through that outpouring of love. Have you ever had someone come up to you and say, 
I know why pastors have been preaching that now. Because as soon as I left last week, man, this happened and this happened and this happened. And pastor said we needed to do this. Do you remember when pastor said that? I didn't understand it at the time. But man, when I went about my week, I understand it now. Or you have the people that are going, my life is falling apart, and this is going wrong, and that's going wrong, and you're sitting there going, pastor preached on that, and pastor preached on that, and we talked about that in small group, and wow, if you were here for the outreach, you would understand this, right? And you're going, all the answers you need are right here waiting for you, and that God has them, and he pours them out at every service. But if you never go to the mechanic... See, something we need to understand is that God loves us more than anything. He loves us. God loves you. There is something powerful when you look, right? Even Hollywood knows this, right? Daytime television, nighttime television, they make a big deal about when the first time they say, I love you. Even Hollywood knows there's power in those words. When God said that he gave his only begotten son because he loved, he loves us. He loves us. He loves you. They does not take that lightly. God loves you. But we need to learn how to enjoy God. If I didn't enjoy my relationship with my wife, how miserable would that be? But we have to look at each other and say, she's my favorite human. Really? I, I, I hear people, and if you do, again, not any offense, but people talking about going on vacation separately or a girl's, girl's trip for a week or guys, and she's done one of those in the past, but the whole time she's gone, I'm like, I'd just rather we be together. I'd rather we ride together to church. We're walking together in the morning. Pray for me. <laughs> My personal trainers, I'm sore already. My personal trainer is, is whipping me into shape. But I'd rather be together. I'd rather be together and walking when I don't want to be walking at 7 o'clock in the morning than not. Because I, I enjoy the gift that God gave me and my wife. But how many of us truly understand we can enjoy God? You can, you, there should be peace and joy in your relationship with him. And we don't know how to enjoy God. We don't know how to enjoy what's in this relationship. Enjoy your salvation. You're going to heaven Hallelujah. You're going to heaven. There are people dying all the way around us, and we're going to heaven. It don't matter what happens. We're going to, I mean, that's what we're celebrating right there, right? Enjoy the victory you have in Christ to where sickness can't touch you. Thousands will fall around you, but nothing will come near your dwelling. Enjoy the blessings. Enjoy the love that's been shed abroad in our hearts through faith. James 1, 7, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation and shadow of turning. No matter who you are, you can always find something to get mad about. So why is it so hard to find something to get glad about? There, you will find reason after reason after reason after reason all day long to get mad. You can find things to get mad at in your marriage in your job, in your church, I'm sure you could walk into the church building and find some reason to be mad. People do it all the time. They get offended about everything, choosing to get mad about everything. Why aren't we the opposite? Why can't we find a reason to be full of joy? Why can't we find a reason to be thankful? Why can't we find a reason to understand the righteousness that we have in him and have peace and joy? It's time to enjoy our relationship with God. John 15, 9, as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. 
Abide, it means reside, stay, live in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. Therefore, the things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. You want to know how to have the joy that is poured, overflowing into your life, remain and stay in your life? Abide in him. Abide in him. How do you abide in him? Keep his commandments. It says right there, as he kept his father's commandments and abided in his father's love. Producing the kingdom will keep you in peace. We'll keep serving in the church. We'll keep you in peace. We'll keep you in joy. We'll reveal more about your righteousness. We need to choose thankfulness and joy. It's a choice. And I've said this to my kids many times, usually when they're mad and they're glaring at me, but I would say, choose joy. Choose to be happy. Nobody, when you're really, really mad and really, really grumpy, wants to be told, choose to be happy. But see, it happened. I've realized with my kids, I can tell them, choose joy, choose happiness, right? And then I have one of those days at work. And you know what God says to me? Choose joy. (laughs) Now I know how my kids feel when I'm looking at them saying, choose to be happy. Because God's looking at me saying, choose to be happy. And I do. And when I do, everything changes. The work situation changes. My whole attitude changes. Sometimes the work situation doesn't change. I change. And it doesn't bother me anymore. It's just not important anymore because I've chosen joy. Sometimes the problem is still there, but I chose joy, and it's no longer an irritant. It's just a thing. And I easily cast it on the Lord and let him deal with it. See, sometimes we have to stir up joy in us. I'm going to have the worship team come back up. Because there's a silly little song that we learned a long time ago back in the 80s. And then we're going to sing it on our way out tonight. And the reason we're going to sing it on the way out tonight is because all week long, you're going to be going, dang it, Pastor Paul, because the song's going to get stuck in your head. And you're going to have a moment or a situation where you're like, I'm not really sure. I'm grumpy or there's a problem. And then this song's going to come back to you and you're going to be like, oh, oh, it's that song. Because the songs will do that. They'll stick with you. And the Lord will begin to minister to you through it. But it says in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. If you have nothing to be thankful for, turn to Psalms 103 and start saying, This is why I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I will choose to bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me is going to bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Then you what? He tells you what the benefits are. He forgives your iniquities. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things, and your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's what he says. When you choose thankfulness and you begin to bless him, you can say, Father, I thank you that you, oh man, you have forgiven me all my iniquities. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it, but you did it anyway. Thank you, Father, that you have forgiven me. Thank you that you're healing all these diseases. They're gone. You heal my diseases. Thank you, Father, that you've redeemed my life from destruction. I am not going to be destroyed. This will not take me out. I've had to say that several times. This will not take me out. You have redeemed my life from destruction. 
You will crown me with loving kindness and tender mercies. You will satisfy my mouth with good things, and you will give me strength. You will renew me. You will make me soar like an eagle above this situation, and this problem is not going to mean anything anymore, and it's not going to bother me anymore because I'm going to choose to be joy-filled, peace-filled, and full of righteousness because that is the kingdom of God. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org. You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's Word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of His Word.